All right, we're going to do something. Right, I'm going to say Merry Christmas, and then I want all of you to say it right back at me, okay? Here we go. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. Ha! Ah, having a mic is a really good thing sometimes. Thank you so much. Go ahead and turn your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 9. If you have your Bibles with you. If not, tap in your phones to Isaiah chapter 9. It is such a joy and an honor to gather together. Do you know what's interesting about technology? I think we now have, like, stored in devices across the room 30 copies of this dance that just happened. We should, like, create a Dropbox and just share them all and create, like, a sweet edit. Okay, I'm going to read for us Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. Here we go. For to us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much. For this passage, thank you so much for this evening where we get to gather, we get to celebrate you. And Lord, I just am reminded of what Nathan just read. Lord, may we respond to your coming as Mary did and as the shepherds did. May we treasure this in our hearts. We love you, Lord. Amen. Amen. I realized I didn't introduce myself. I just really wanted to hear everyone say Merry Christmas. So thank you for that. I'm Daniel. I'm one of the pastors here with Rick. It's a joy and an honor to gather together like this today. Um, I love this passage. Uh, it's one of my favorite passages in the Bible. I have a lot of those, but believe me, they're all my favorite. Um, and what I like about it is, uh, let's, let's just dive into verse 6. When we in the West, we want to emphasize something when we're writing it, what do we do? We underline it, or we make it bold, or something like that. Actually, if I really want to emphasize something and I'm texting someone, I, I find a GIF. Anyone else do this? You're like, oh, this moment from 1996 Friends episode describes my emotions perfectly. I'm going to send this out right now. Anyone else? Or Raise your hand if you hate receiving those texts in group messages. A few of you? Okay. Raise your hands if you love sending those messages. Yeah! I knew we had it. I knew we had it. But in the first couple lines of this verse there's something repeated. Look at this. Verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And to me, this is one of the key, if not the key reason we gather every year, we celebrate every year, the coming of the son. Because God gave his son, look down at your Bibles, for us. For us. He gave his son because he loved us. Jesus came because of love for us. God came, took on humanly form because he loves you, period. For to us, for us, a child was born. And here we are 2,000 years later celebrating. Trees, lights, presents, celebrating the fact that we are loved by a good God, that he deeply loves us. So, uh, and then, I, I love this line, and then comes the next line, which I think we all kind of wish wasn't in the verse, because it kind of takes away from the Christmassy joy feel. It says, and the government will be upon his shoulders. And we go, well, 
Skip that. Let's keep going. Um, <clears throat> and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And I, I, just the beauty and the hope of that line. His name shall be called. To us, a child has been born. To us, a son has been given for us. And he's going to be called Wonderful Counselor. He's going to be called Mighty God. He's going to be called Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And God has given that gift to each one of you, each one of us. That's the gift of heaven for us. Uh, I grew up in a home where we listened to Handel's Messiah every year at Christmas time. Anyone else? Oh, my mom is clapping. That's, I, you're the only one, <laughs> the only one. Um, and Handel, oh, hello. Hi, thank, nice, thank you for being here. Um, there is a beautiful piece of music, that's my daughter Eden, there's a beautiful piece of music that Handel wrote that kind of captures the meta-narrative of scripture, and there's a song in the middle of it that is this verse, and I want us to listen, and buckle up, this is going to be a whole 90 seconds, you might feel awkward, but just listen to the music and let it kind of sink into your heart a little bit, so let's go ahead and play the song. It's almost a shame to interrupt that, but thank you, David. I know we'd all rather just listen to that. Uh, don't worry. If you have Spotify, just, you know, Google it. You can do this. Um, I love, I, the reason why I wanted to play that for all of you is that this is just ringing in my head as I'm preparing this message. And I want it just ringing in all of your ears, too. This beautiful, just elevating piece of art saying, to us, a son is given. The government's going to be on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And just the beauty just strikes you to the core and say, wow, this is, this is meaningful. This is valuable. This brings a little purpose and life and light into the world today. But that's not what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the awkward line. I want to talk about the government being on his shoulders. And, I, and I actually, if you look at verse 7, he carries on with the government theme. It says, of the increase of his government and of peace, 
There will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Now, I don't know about all of you, but I've noticed that 2020 is going to be an election year <laughs> and the ads are already playing on TV. And actually, this last week, I'm a, I, my bachelor's degree is political science, and so I just love this stuff. And so I finished work on Wednesday, and I rushed to my computer to turn on C-SPAN to be like, what's going on? Is he impeached? What's happening? And frankly, no one seemed really happy about it. The Republicans certainly were not happy about it. The Democrats, uh, there was this one point where I think the Democrats were being a little rowdy that were in the room, and Nancy Pelosi just gave him like a straight mom look, like... <laughs> Don't you dare. <laughs> like, this is serious, you know? And I, if you're not sick of government yet, I'm sure by the end of 2020 you will be. And so we look at this, say, what's, what's all this nonsense about government in here? What's, why is he, what's, you know, the government's going to be on his shoulders? Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it. So what's going on? Why all this talk about government? And I think actually this ties in directly to how Jesus began his whole ministry. At the, you don't have to turn there, but at the beginning of Mark chapter 1, verse 14, it says this. This is the very beginning of Jesus' earthly ministry. It says this. After John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Now, here's what's confusing about this message. Jesus has just arrived on the scene, and he's preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Now, I don't know about you, but when I hear the word gospel, I automatically zone out, and I think the gospel is Jesus died for your sins so that you can go to heaven one day. What's the problem with that? He hasn't done that yet. It's, it's the beginning of the book. He hasn't died. He's there, and he's preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. It's interesting interesting. So what is the gospel then of the kingdom of God? And the Greek word for gospel is euangelion. Everyone say euangelion. Wow, you guys are basically Greek. That's amazing. Okay. We'll just, we'll just cut this and start watching my big fat Greek wedding right now. That's a good, let's do that instead. Euangelion. And it, and it just means good news. It just means good news. And Roman heralds would travel throughout, when there was a new Caesar, they would travel throughout the Roman Empire and would say, gather, hear the euangelion of Caesar, hear the good news of Caesar, hear the gospel, is how we translate this word, of Caesar. And it's Caesar is Lord. He's the king. He's the new emperor that you serve and live under. That's the good news. So Jesus arrives on the scene, first century Israel, to a Roman society, well, a Jewish society occupied by Rome, and says, I have good news. God is king. God is king. And this starts to ring and, and, and bring alive a dream in the Jewish hearts and minds who heard it. Do you know why? Because their vision of what the world will be like when God is king looks a lot like Isaiah chapter 9. It looks like this. When God is king, when the government is on his shoulders, the king is going to be a mighty, wonderful counselor to his people. He's going to be a mighty God. He's going to be a father. And above all that, there will 
be peace finally. The Hebrew word for peace is shalom, and shalom doesn't just mean absence of conflict. Shalom means the world as it was meant to be, the world righted. And for me, this year, I know as I'm watching political ads over and over and over again, I'm going to be wishing God was king. I'm going to be wishing, as much as she's wishing I wasn't preaching right now, I'm going to be wishing, I'm going to be hoping, I'm going to be looking forward to a future where verse 7 is the reality of the increase of his government and of shalom, there will be no end. This is the hope that we have. When we look around at the broken world, we say there's a piece of our soul that's bent that goes, we know this is not how it's meant to be. We know. We see darkness. We see hurt. We see death. We see destruction. And we know this is not how it's meant to be. But Jesus came and said, the kingdom of God is near. The Greek word he uses there for near is a spatial nearness. You can reach out and you can touch it. So theologians talk about how the kingdom of God is now, but it's also not yet. There's moments, there's pieces of time on this planet where we experience shalom. And those are outposts pointing to a future day when all things are made new. I came home from work. I think I used this analogy. I'm sorry if you've heard this before. I came home from work maybe six months ago, just dog tired. And uh, my wife was in the kitchen. She said, can you just please go be with Eden, our daughter? I go, yes, I can go do that. And she's in the garage. So I just step out in the garage, and my daughter is on a scooter, just, and it's raining outside, and she's just going from one end of the garage to the other. Like, helmet askew, you know? And she just sees me, Daddy, watch me! I go, I can do that. I can do that. And I just sat there, I don't know, 15 minutes maybe? And can I tell you just the shalom in that moment? Just the world is as it's meant to be. I'm with my daughter. And I know, I know, I know the world's not perfect by any means. There's so much darkness and brokenness. But we are a people of hope for a day that's coming. When Jesus comes back, he says, I'm the king. And it, the kingdom is fully here now. 700 years before Jesus is born, Isaiah writes these words to us, for us. A child is going to be born. And he will be our king. And this will be what his government looks like. And Jesus shows up and says, guess what? It's here. Not fully, but it's here. You can taste it. You can reach out and touch it. And one day, I will come back and I will make all things new. That's our Christmas hope. That's our Christmas. That, that's, what mean, that's what it means when we think about Christmas. That's why we've got the lights and the tree and all the stuff. We're remembering that we're loved. We're remembering that we have hope. And, I, and, and honestly, my, my prayer for us as a family is that our response would be that of Mary and the shepherds in Luke chapter 2. I'm going to turn there really quickly. Oh, hold on. I think I have it on here. <laughs> Technology. 
Luke 2, verse 19. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. That's, that's what I want for us. We would just take this truth that we're loved and there's a hope of a day when all things are made new. And tomorrow morning, when the family's gathered and wrapping paper is flying, we would treasure that in our hearts. That tonight, as we're falling asleep, remember, we're loved. And we have hope. And something beyond all of this. And then, look how the shepherds responded in verse 20. And the shepherds returned. Where'd they go back to? Did they go back to a five-star hotel? No. Back to the sheep. Have you guys ever been around sheep? It's not like great. It's fine. I wouldn't want to sleep out there. They go back. They just go back to their regular life. They go back to their regular life. But they go back, verse 20, glorifying and praising God for all that they had seen and heard as it had been told to them. So family, tonight, tomorrow, Let's treasure these truths in our hearts. And as we return to work in a couple days or next week, let's return glorifying and praising God for this truth. Amen? Amen. Let's stand and pray together. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your truth. We thank you that our hope extends so far beyond the brokenness of this world. We see it, and we see your heart, and we want to see, just like you taught us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done, here on earth, now, in our time, as it is in heaven. But We also know there are pieces that will never be fixed until you come again. And so now in this moment, this space in between eternity, we look to you and we thank you for coming. We thank you for manifesting your love for us. And we look forward full of hope. Thank you. Amen.